What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Colin, the chief Av Geek, aviation maniac, or whatever you want to call me. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone is having a great beginning of their week. If you guys didn't catch it last week, I released a really good episode where I actually did a little group episode, we'll call it. I had my good friend Aaron David. He was in town all the way from Canada. He's uh, in the DFW Metroplex right now doing type rating training. And we also introduced you to another new guest, someone that's getting very, uh, becoming a very good close friend uh, of mine and here in the aviation community in the DFW Metroplex. But luckily, we had Aaron David and Brandon on the episode. They're both on big aircraft. They both have experience in this thing called type rating training. And because that's what Aaron was doing here, I said, you know what, guys, let's get together. Let's do a group episode and let's talk about type rating training because I'm not a pro uh, at the knowledge and kind of everything that goes in between it. I know a little bit, but these guys actually have gone through it. Aaron David is going through it right now. And, uh, out on social media. Everybody loves Aaron. Uh, he's got some really good opinions and him being from Canada, it's really cool to have him in town. Uh, so if you guys didn't catch last week's episode, after today's episode, make sure you go back, give it a listen. I think you guys are going to really take some good information out of it. But today I have another special guest. So what are we going to be doing today? We're bringing back the Ask the Ab Geek show for another great episode with another great guest. Uh, and everybody, I have Kayla with me today. And Kayla, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Where are you originally from? How old are you? You know, let's uh, let's let the the, uh, the audience into uh, who Kayla is. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, my name is Kayla McLeod. I am a 19-year-old college student uh, and private pilot. I am originally from Michigan, but when I was four years old, my dad got a job on the south side of Atlanta, and I've been in the south That's ever really since. That's really cool. So when did kind of, were you introduced to aviation in Michigan, or was it all, you know, down south on the eastern side? Yeah, so when I was growing up in Michigan, uh, there was no aviation influence there whatsoever. Um, it didn't really happen until I was six up in that our house is literally right next to our local airport. And I just looked up in the sky one day and I was like, I saw a plane, which I would later find out was turning this thing called a base to final. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I looked up and I was like, you know, like that would be kind of cool, I guess. And uh, that was my really first kind of taste of aviation. I, uh-huh. I, it wasn't even like a taste. It was just like a sight. And that was kind of when my interest was peaked. And it was the most random thing ever. But yeah, so aviation didn't come into my life until really the last almost five years. Okay. So yeah, relatively speaking then, you know, you're new to flying just like me. You know, I've been in the business for a while, uh, but flying in general, I'm fairly new to. Uh, so, you know, kind of before, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. Kind of what was your, your early life journey like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was a pretty normal uh, kid growing up. I loved sports. I loved riding dirt bikes and four-wheelers with my dad and my sister. Uh, I played pretty much anything from soccer, softball to lacrosse. And then in high school, I even shot on a precision, a precision air rifle team. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a little known fact about me. Um, even even somehow managed to take a national championship there. Did you? That's <laughs> really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was an it was a great experience and I learned a lot of lessons out of that um that are very that I very much transferred in aviation, surprisingly. It takes a lot of talent to to do air air rifle. I, I remember visiting the the Olympic uh, training center in Colorado yep. Springs and they have an air rifle center there. Yes. And we happen to actually watch the athletes uh, train. And I mean, you can't hear it really. You can't see it. Yeah. But to watch the video of these shooters and the way they shoot, I mean, it is truly, truly incredible. So that's it, really cool. Well, thanks. It's definitely an interesting sport. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for people like you and I, you know, who haven't been in the avian, uh, aviation world all that long, uh, you know, what other hobbies growing up, you know, let, let's talk a little bit more about that, you know, and maybe yeah. how it translated into aviation. What are some of the things that you learned in those hobbies that you brought over to the aviation world? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kind of like how I touched on earlier, I was a sports fanatic. I was super competitive. My parents played a huge role in that. You know, they were ball age to up until high school and they helped volunteer um, coaching me there. Um, so I spent a lot of time outdoors and competing and, you know, dedication, um, to athletics as well as, you know, school. That was also a big thing uh -huh. for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in those sports, I learned a lot about commitment. And if that meant, oh, you weren't feeling so great that day, you still had to go out to the field and you had to be, I think a lot of that is very, um, easily easily applied in the aviation industry especially uh -huh. with all the different kinds of people you meet and everything and everybody's just willing to help each other out and you know that was something that I learned early on in life was being a team player and that uh -huh. is something that is like so important in aviation today is helping each other out and you know kind of doing all that stuff and I'm kind of digressing I feel like <laughs> oh no 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 but let, let's talk about that commitment right because yeah. you know commitment is a big thing you know and I grew up playing sports I grew up coaching sports um you know I felt like in sports commitment like you just had to go like it, it didn't matter how you felt uh, or whatnot I mean you were committed to that sport and you went but I feel like in aviation, it, you almost have to tailor that commitment a little bit right. because of the dangers, maybe, uh, you know, putting yourself in a bad situation. So Absolutely. how do you decipher, you know, some of that commitment that you learn in sports and translate it over uh, into the aviation world? Yeah. So I don't know, kind of like what you said it's so important to like assess yourself in aviation, how you're feeling, you know, don't push yourself. Yeah. And it's kind of like the opposite to, you know, run until you puke basically. Yeah. <laughs> and in aviation, that's, it's, it's a lot different, but as far as like studying for your private pilot check ride or studying for that instrument, you know, that's very much a similar, you know, a similarity to practicing for sports. You know, you have to go out there. You have to hit the books. I don't care, you know, how how sick of learning about, you know, certain procedures you are. You have to do it because yep. you and that's just kind of like the the commitment and dedication that's very similar with learning how to play a sport and being a team player. So at what age or maybe at what point in your life did you say, you know what? I want to become a pilot. This is what I want to do. 
Yeah. Um, so I kind of touched on it earlier, but I was 16 years old and it's kind of an interesting story. So I kind of mentioned how I just looked up in the sky one day and literally a plane was just flying over my house. And I was like, that, you know, that'd be pretty cool. And I like to travel and I like to see the world and stuff. So I literally walked back into my house. Uh, it was dinner time. I sat down at the table. I looked at my parents and I was like, hey, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to be a pilot. And they were like, oh, okay, you know, cool, whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, my dad was like, wait, actually, I think I've got a buddy at work and uh, I think he's a private pilot. So maybe I can like ask him a few questions about it. And um, lo and behold, he gave us some great information about this young Eagles rally that was happening at an airport 30 minutes south of us. Um, and we didn't know what that meant or anything. He just told us to go look it up online. So we did, and we went to this airport. I hopped in this 172 with a total stranger. And And it was part of the Young Eagles program? Yes. So it was a Young Eagles rally that was happening out at the uh, Peach State Aerodrome in uh, Williamson, Georgia. Cool. And that was part of this EAA chapter, EAA uh, chapter 468. uh, I was really shocked when this total stranger said, Hey, you know, your airplane. And I'm like, what, you know, like, what does that even mean? Like, what do I do? (laughs) And just gave you the controls just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he just gave me the controls and I was hooked. That was all it took. Um, we came in, we landed and, uh, got out of the airplane. And I was like, that was awesome. Like, I'm going to do this. This is so cool. I was in love. And, um, So I asked the instructor, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, what can we do next? Like, you know, what else is there? What what else is out there for this? Uh And um, he happened to be a flight instructor over at our local airport, the airport I live closest to um, Mm -hmm. nowadays, Falcon Field. And uh, he gave us his card and he said, well, um, when you're ready to start your flying lessons, give me a call. And. At that moment, you know, my dad and I were kind of like, okay, you know, he's just trying to, you know, gain a few bucks, you know, gain another. Gain some more business. Point in my (laughs) life where I was still in the middle of high school. You know, I was a sophomore and I didn't know anything about this industry. Um, All I knew was that it was going to take a lot of money. I didn't have being 16 years old and a high school student. Uh So I, uh, we kind of just, you know, like whatever. And, um, it just so happened we turned around and we saw this cute little yellow airplane, uh, which I would later learn was a Piper cub sitting on this concrete pad outside of this hangar, um, at this airport where the young Eagles rally was happening. And, uh, I was like, dad, you know, that's a cute little airplane. We should go look at it. And he said, okay. So we walked over closer to this airplane and um, only then did we realize that there were a whole bunch of kids working in this hangar. And we were like, what's going on here? And it was like a youth, it was a youth aviation program and they were having their regular Saturday session where they all get out there and they learn how to restore vintage airplanes and that's really cool that there's a program like that i mean you don't see see that everywhere yeah and it was super unique and super special 
And um, it just so happened one of the adults in the program, um, he came out and he said, oh, well, let me give you all a tour. So we walked around. We met some of the kids that were working there and some of the mentors. And I was like, I'm joining. Two weeks later was my first um, time in the hangar. Um, Didn't know what a fuselage was. Didn't know the right way to, you know, like hold a screwdriver. (laughs) And... um, it would later become a three-year journey uh, that I spent working to restore vintage airplanes. Um, and that's kind of how I got got my start in aviation. It's a super long story. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to give, like, some background because, you know, without the Young Eagle rally and then the youth program, I wouldn't be anywhere near here or talking to you today. <laughs> that, that's what, And that's what I love about the industry right now. And I love about, especially a lot of the young people too. I mean, it's, these programs seem to just be popping up now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got Sean Tucker on the West coast in California doing his thing for high school students. We, I mean, we even have programs popping up here in Texas, uh, in high schools. I mean, it's just really, really cool to see the programs that are starting to pop up. Um, that almost, you know, it's like, man, I wish those programs were available back when I was in high school. Um, but I mean, it's just really cool that, I mean, people are taking it seriously and giving the youth the opportunity to be around an industry that maybe, you know, just 10 years ago, it would have been a lot harder, uh, to get into. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it totally opened every single door for me and I'm so thankful for that program and the, uh, the people that work so hard to make sure that us kids, you know, we're learning everything we could about aviation. So I want to I want to jump into a topic that I think is near and dear to every aviator's heart, especially when they start. And yes. that's their first instructors. So yes. kind of tell me about your first instructor, you know, in the type of impacts that they had uh, on your flying. Absolutely. So um, I was in the middle of um, this youth program. I was two years into the program. And um, this gentleman who I looked at and admired from afar, you know, he's kind of a quiet guy, but we all knew, we knew who Mr. Ron was. We knew who Ron Alexander was. And uh, he was actually the founder of this youth aviation program that I was in. And he approached me one day and he said, hey, I'd like to teach you how to fly. And at that point, I was like, whoa, like, I'm so excited and everything. (laughs) And, um... So he yeah. saw he saw you out then. He saw. He said, "I've just kind of been watching you from afar," and he's like, "I think you're, you know, a hard worker, and I you kind of remind me of my daughters, and I would love to teach you how to fly." That's really cool. Yeah, and I was super excited, and I went home the next day, and I, I well that night, and I told my parents, I was like, "Ron wants to teach me how to fly," and <laughs> <laughs> I was I was. Um, just over the moon about it. And the next day I had my very first flight lesson in um, an airplane that I had the privilege of uh, helping to restore a 1946 Aronka champ. And that's the plane that you flew in. For, yes. your, for your lessons. Okay. Yes. So for my first 30 hours of instruction, I was solely flying in this champ that I had the privilege of, um, you know, learn mentors in the youth aviation program. That's really cool. So I know that instructors, you know, they, they have lasting impacts and they have huge impacts, you know, on our flying and how we move forward. Right. But I know with your original instructor, you know, 
that story kind of kind of ended, you know? Yeah. What was yeah. what you know, how did that affect you? What was going through your head um, when you found out that you lost your instructor who helped you get your private? Yeah. Well, um, the thing about it was I was um, I was there that night that we lost him. Um, I actually, you know, I, it's kind of a sensitive subject, but I'm happy to talk about, I'm happy to talk about it now because I feel like it is such a big part of my journey with this. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was, um, it was a normal night like any other. And, um, he was pulling out this, uh, 1917 Curtis Jenny that we had at the field, the most gorgeous airplane you could ever imagine so you guys had some really old planes at the field yes yes we did um the jenny was of course the oldest but we also had um a waco a dc3 cubs champs um kinderbirds um pretty much we were a vintage aviation like haven yeah um but yeah so um he had asked uh, me and some other like two other kids to help him um, pre-flight the Jenny and kind of long story short, kind of, you know, just jumping right to it. um, Myself, the Jenny doesn't have brakes. So you have to have wing walkers to push the plane um, down the runway to guide it until it gets enough speed to take off. Oh, wow. So um, myself and another student um, grabbed the wings of the Jenny. We're running alongside it as it was um, taking off. And um, that was the last time we ever saw Ron and the passenger. Um, and it, it, you know, that's that whole night stays with me. It'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Um, but I believe that there, everything happens for a reason. And I believe that, you know, Ron wanted me to be there, there that night to mm-hmm. push him off on his final flight. And, um, you know, because he always told me, he said, you have to keep going in aviation. He's like, you're going to see some stuff. He's like, it's so unfortunate. He's like, but, but it happens in this industry and you just have to keep going and keep pushing forward no matter what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more like that. I mean, you know, at Bell, you know, in my day to day job, you know, it's, we, you know, there's a lot of, you know, ifs and a lot of the flight testing that, you know, we do as a company. And you right. know, I'm, I'm a part of a program that's going through flight testing right now. And unfortunately, you know, our program was, I mean, we were killing it. We were, the aircraft mm-hmm. was doing everything that we wanted to. And just one day like that, I mean, it just went, you know, up in flames. You know, we lost one of our aircraft. Yeah. Um, and we lost two very, very experienced pilots um, right. as well. Um, but it's really cool, you know, when, you know, you, you give that time to mourn, but you also have to understand that, you know, you, you got to keep going and absolutely that's kind of the business. Um, it's just like driving a car. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's that risk, um, but you just got to keep going. So, I mean, that's really cool that, you know, like you said, things happen for a reason, Exactly. Um, but it's kind of that love and the passion that we, that we give to the space that, you know, through these hard times, it, it just keeps us pushing forward. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So if you can think back to your childhood, you know, is there anything you wish you maybe could have experienced more as a kid growing, you know, growing up, whether that be maybe getting into aviation faster um, or maybe experiencing this thing that could have led to this thing? You know, is there anything or do you feel like it kind of went the right way? I really feel like my life went has gone exactly how it's supposed to have worked out. Um, you know, everything in my life led me up 
to aviation, to the people I was to meet in aviation, to the experiences, to even losing Ron, my, my instructor, you know, everything in life had prepared me for that moment. And so, you know, as much as I sometimes wish that I started, you know, in aviation, you know, maybe when I was around, I don't know, you know, five years old or something running around the airport in a pedal plane, like my boyfriend, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's, um, I think everything worked out how it was supposed to. And I couldn't be any more thankful for that. So, and growing up, you know, it's obviously you've experienced a lot. I mean, just through the passing of an instructor, I mean, you've experienced a lot. But what have, you know, let's wrap kind of your introduction up by giving the audience some of your biggest lessons that you've learned so far in your young life that you still really hold close to you today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just be committed to whatever you decide to do in life. Yeah. Have that passion to keep it going, even when the times get tough. You know, when life got rough, kind of, you know, about three years ago, well, two years ago when Ron passed away, you have to keep going because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So, no matter what you're passionate about, what you love, it works out how it's supposed to. And yep. you just have to keep pushing through the times that are tough because everything works out in the end. It really does. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, and you know, I feel like sometimes, you know, even if you don't make mistakes, there's still a lot of failure in aviation. Oh yeah. I I like, I mean, I failed my first, my first check ride on a really, really stupid, easy mistake. I was killing the the whole check ride and then a a silly mistake just knocked me off and failed the whole thing. Yeah. It's Uh, so easy to do. But you, it, it, I w- and I was bummed about. It. I was like, man, I really wanted to pass the first time. I was down on myself. But then people, you know, reminded me like, you just got to keep going. Just go take it again. Like you got to, you got to get up. You got to do it. And then I had a, I had an army guy. He's an army helicopter pilot. He, he had direct messaged me over on Instagram. He said, hey, you know what? I saw, I saw what you were going through. And he goes, guess what? You know, I'm a military helicopter pilot. Uh, you know. There's a lot of really great, fantastic, you know, military aviators out there today that have not passed all their check rides. So you just got to study up. You got to keep going and you just got to try again. (laughs) Absolutely. You have to. There's no other option. So I totally agree. All right. So for the audience, we've given a really good introduction into kind of who you are, where you're from um, and kind of so far your background in aviation and kind of where you, how you got to where you are today. Um, but let's kind of jump into kind of the activities that you do inside the aviation space because you're super active in it. You're doing a lot of activations, um, you know, from, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about it. But the first thing we're going to talk about, because uh, I think it's really interesting and I really love this program um, that this organization does. So we're going to jump into the AOPA flyby crew um, and you're a team member of that so a lot of people you know at least in North America know AOPA but there's still a lot of people especially globally that are very unfamiliar with the AOPA and the flyby crew itself so help our audience understand what the flyby crew does and kind of what's the mission 
Yeah. So as a member of the flyby crew, uh, myself, and I think there's about nine to 10 um, other members of the team, uh, we go around to various aviation events throughout the year. And I really think that our main goal is to spread our passion for aviation. It's to really get out there and talk to people who might be thinking about pursuing a career in aviation, but they're not that sure, you know, just to go out there and seek those people out and say, hey, look, you know, this is what aviation can do for you. And it's to really capture, you know, you know, we do a lot of stuff. We're technically we're social media influencers or uh-huh. whatever, if you'll call it. <laughs> um, but we go out there and on through social media by using, you know, our AOPA flyby crew um, hashtags and all that kind of stuff. We're able to spread the word for what AOPA is doing for their members, as well as, you know, um, the events that we're at. And, you know, so that kind of thing, just generally spreading the passion for aviation. And for the, you know, especially for people that aren't here in the United States, uh, fill the audience in, in what AOPA stands for. Yeah, so uh, AOPA uh, is the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, and basically their main goal is to work for you, to figure out better ways to represent the general aviation pilot community, you know, whether that's going to Washington and advocating for us, um, you know, in a variety of ways or, you know, helping us get cheaper insurance to finance our airplanes, you know, a lot of that as well as um, they're big into um, the safety aspect of aviation, as well as the flight training portion of it as well. When I was a student pilot, you know, two years ago, I would go and I'd sit down and I'd open up their flight training magazine and I'd read some really interesting and helpful articles that um, were helping me um, to learn about, you know, what's a check ride going to be like? How does this work? How does that work? How do I find a DPE? You know, some some just really important topics like that. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the flight training magazine, I'll be honest, is actually one of the only magazines I think I touch today. Really? I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think awesome. I read anything. You know, if I get a magazine in the mail, I throw it away. But I think my <laughs> wife hates me when I keep my flight training magazine sitting around. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can see her smiling across the room because she knows it's true. Um, <laughs> but no, I love the magazine. There's such super rich information about it and they put it in terms that are just so easy to understand. Exactly. Um, they break it down. And so, yeah, I love AOPA. I'm a member of AOPA. Um, Absolutely. So I can advocate, uh, advocate for it. But no, uh, for anybody in the United States listening to this, no, the AOPA is a very, very important organization. A lot of pilots, I mean, it's the first thing. I know as a student, I joined right away. Um, it does give you an insurance discount. So if you want to save money, yep. join APA, uh, AOPA. But no, I mean, I'm pretty positive that AOPA was a huge reason behind things like um, the FA going to, I think I want to say basic med um, and yes. different things. I mean, AOPA spends years and years and years advocating on behalf um, of general aviation pilots, uh, owners, etc. cetera. Uh, so it's a super, super important organization to everybody in the general aviation field. Um, so how did you get involved with the flyby crew? I mean, did they, did they reach out to you? Did you apply? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So, um, 
It's kind of funny you bring that up because um, my boyfriend and I, um, Ryan Hunt, we put on a fly-in at Triple Tree Aerodrome this past summer, and I'm sure that we'll get into all that. Oh, yeah. We're um, going to get the whole shebang about <laughs> Triple Tree. <laughs> so we put on this fly-in called the Young Aviators Fly-In, and um, we ended up having... 200 airplanes and 500 people come out and spend the weekend with us. And um, it was a great success and we were super pleased with it. And AOPA just happened to want to support that event um, in a variety of ways. So they were there in attendance. And after the event happened and everybody went home, um, and about a week later, I think, Ryan and I got a phone call from their social media director, John Munn. And he reached out and he was like, hey, you know, we love what you're doing. Would you like to be a part of this group called the AOPA Flyby Crew? And uh, he kind of told us what it was all about and everything. And we were like, uh, duh, like that would be awesome. <laughs> it's like an obvious question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the first event that we were tasked with going to was Oshkosh and we were going anyway. Um, but it was just a super great experience to go up there to Oshkosh to be a part of this AOPA uh, flyby crew and to just meet the other members and really just be able to represent AOPA up there in such a great way. And so for the people listening, if you don't know, um, you know, just like Kayla just said, your boyfriend, who is also an AOPA flyby crew member. And by the way, if you want to follow Ryan, he's at Ryan, the pilot person. He yes. put some fun stuff out there. He's, <laughs> he's actually here in DFW right now. He's, yes. uh, he's doing some cool training, jumping over the jet world, jumping over the good side. Yes, uh, we're so, I'm so happy for him. We're so excited. And it sounds like it's a, it's a tough training, but it's going to be... Uh, worth it in the end. So how has y'all's relationship been able to, you know, just go through aviation in general together? And then how have you guys used that to your advantage in advocating for AOPA together? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Ron and I, our paths had pretty much always just barely missed each other. We were in the same places at the same time, doing the exact same stuff for about uh, for the four years that I had been involved with aviation. And uh, after my instructor passed away, um, he attended, Ryan attended the uh, Celebration of Life ceremony for him. And it just so happened I was giving his eulogy, Ron's eulogy. And, um, you know, Ryan was like, oh, you know, she's kind of cute or whatever. I was 17 at the time. I was three days away from turning 18. <laughs> but Ryan didn't know that. And Ryan and I have a four-year age difference. <laughs> so it was all like, oh, no, you can't go near that dude or whatever. <laughs> I think you're embarrassing Ryan right now. <laughs> you know, that's okay. We do it. You know, just look on Ryan Hunt's social media accounts. He embarrasses me on that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, long story short, um, I went over and I started pursuing um, the remainder of my private pilot's license over at his airport where his family has had a hangar there um, for like the past 18 to 20 years. And uh, he just saw I was training over there. He reached out on Facebook and he was like, he's just such a nice guy to everybody. He does the same thing for anyone. He's like, you know, Hey, you know, I'm in the area. Here's my hangar number. Swing by if you need help or, you know, just want to hang out anytime. Um, so that's how we kind of met and I went over there and, uh, yeah, so really we were brought together by aviation, um, in a kind of strange way. 
Um, <laughs> so but, you got you got, and that's that's really funny because it brings up a personal thing of me. So you guys started talking over Facebook. So he, yeah. So he commented on a picture that I had posted of me um, with one of the Falcon Aviation Academy airplanes, and yeah. So he reached out that way, and then we kind of were. Um, private messaging back and forth. I didn't want to give him his, my phone number because I was like, oh, he's just one of these other guys like trying to hit on me or whatever. And I was over it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, no, that story is so funny because that's like literally exactly how my wife and I, how we met. That's uh, so funny. It, it, took me a, it took me a long time to admit that's how we met. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we actually we did. We did meet in person. She doesn't remember it, but I do. Um, but it was Facebook that brought us together. That is so funny. Yeah, it's just weird. Like social media is crazy with all that nowadays. It's a, it's a great tool. And actually, you know, after we talk about Triple Tree, I have a couple questions uh, in regards to that and kind of how you use it as an aviator to kind of advocate for aviation in general. But first, you know, continue on, on talking about the AOPA flyby crew. You know, I know each member of the crew, you know, kind of has their own what they want to do with it. You know, I had Matt Dunham uh, on the show last year and he kind of laid out, you know, his goals for what, you know, he wants to do. You know, he came from the right. mil military world um, and, you know, he's got different goals and he really wants to advocate for, you know, veterans going into aviation, which I think mm -hmm. is really good. But what are your personal goals uh, with the team? You know, what do you want to advocate for? What do you want to do? Yeah. So, um, really my main goal with the AOPA flyby crew is to really be able to influence at least one person to pursue a career in aviation or to get involved, to maybe take a flight, to go out to their local airport and start hanging around just to kind of you know, I know how scary it was to be on the outside of aviation when you were trying to get on the inside. And I just want to help somebody, you know, get to that next step in whatever their aviation journey might be. Yeah. That, I mean, that literally what you just said was literally my whole last episode of how I basically laid out my whole aviation story and kind of talking about how long it took me to get in, but how I got in. Um, I mean, but it's like, that's the purpose of this whole podcast, right? Like, I think I want to say, I was talking to another guest, uh, on the show and they asked me what was my purpose. And I said, one of my purposes was if at the end of the day, if this podcast convinces one person to just join the aviation community, like get into it, whether it's a mechanic, a pilot, you know, you name it, then it's like, well, the podcast was a success. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. And, that, and I think that's almost, it's like almost every young aviator school, if they can convince one person to, to come into the world, you know, it's like, we, we just want to grow it. That's all we want to do. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny because I, um, I attend the university of West Georgia and I had some kid meet me. He bumped into me in an elevator at school and he was like, Hey, like, do you have a social media channel or something? He was doing some survey for his social media marketing class. Uh -huh. and I'm like, yeah, I do actually. And he just like pulled me up on Instagram real quick. And he's like, wait, you're a pilot. He's like, that's so cool. And he's like, I've actually kind of been thinking about wanting to be a pilot. And so we sat down like two weeks after that whole totally random bump meet into. <laughs> and um, now he, he took his first flight lesson, I think, two days ago. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And we after, you know, talking to him about all of this, this aviation lifestyle and everything, he was hooked. 
And um, yeah, that stories like that just make me super happy. And it makes me super proud of, you know, kind of what everybody's doing in this community right now to get other people involved in it. And, and speaking of getting more people involved in kind of what you guys are doing for the Flyby Crew, looking forward into 2019, you know, what scheduled events uh, is the Flyby Crew going to be at and maybe what events will you be at representing? So if people attend, you know, uh, they can try to find you. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we will be at Sun and Fun and Oshkosh. And AOPA also has, they're doing three regional fly-ins this year. Um, I will be at the, I think it's, I think we're going to be at the Tullahoma regional fly-in this year, as long as everything goes as planned. Uh, but I will be at Sun and Fun and Oshkosh as well. Um, so, yeah, Sun and Fun, Oshkosh, and then Tullahoma is where you can find me. And then kind of the other members that make up the AOPA flyby crew, they, they'll probably um, they'll probably attend their kind of their regional events. Right. Uh, right. Well. Yeah. So I believe there's one out in California and I cannot remember for the life of me right now where the second event of the year is. It's, it's somewhere in the Midwest, I believe. Um, but the members that live, you know, closer to those destinations, that's where they're going to be hanging out at. And you can definitely go find them, go hit them up, you know, <laughs> ask them. And they're going to be more than happy to sit down with you and talk about aviation. That's awesome. So kind of wrapping up kind of AOPA, the flyby crew uh, and everything that kind of just surrounds the organization. How can maybe there's maybe there's some young aviators listening um, or people wanting to get in and they wanted to find an organization that can help them find the information they need in order to you know make a decision on whether they want to come in or not. But how can people support AOPA? Because as a member myself, I know that they're always trying to enhance general aviation. They're advocating for us uh, and they really do help us. And, you know, people coming in, I want them to join as well. So, you know, as a flyby crew member, how can people uh, get involved and support AOPA? Absolutely. So uh, the number one way is to go ahead and go on to AOPA's website and then click the become a member button. I think it is. <laughs> um, and it's a super easy process. And um, yeah, so that's the number one way is to join to become a member. You get a super cool magazine each month and then you get some really great. You'll get a card in the mail. And if you flip the card over, you get some great, great discounts on rental cars, hotels, restaurants. Um, so that's always helpful. Um, and then along with that, you get the insurance discount um, and a whole bunch of other stuff that I can't think of right now. <laughs> but they're a super great organization. And if you are looking to get into aviation or you're trying to help someone get into aviation, I strongly recommend checking out their scholarships as well. I'm currently applying for a few. Um, so we're always looking for donations for the scholarship funds as well. And that's kind of, you know, and if they're, if you, if the youngsters are out there listening, I mean, that is kind of one of the really, really cool things, just like you touched on is people, you know, they're looking to bridge the gap, uh, of the cost of what it takes to get into aviation. Um, and that's kind of, you know, as an older, you know, person in the industry, you know, that's kind of where I got, you know, I got left kind of in the dust because there's scholarships right. out there, but you know, it's really meant for those younger kids, you know, whether they're in high school or whether they're in college, but it's right. still something really, really good that AOPA does. So if you're a youngster out there, get a part of AOPA, join, uh, and then apply for some of those scholarships as well. Um, for sure. 
because it's always nice when somebody else is helping you pay. Oh yeah. For your fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome when you can get it to work out like it, that. Exactly. So. <laughs> and, uh, so we know you're part of the flyby crew and if guys, you know, we're hoping we get Ryan on the show very, very soon. But also follow him again. He's at Ryan, the pilot person. Uh, yep. He put some really, really good content out. So we've had three. We're going to have three Flyby crew members uh, coming through the podcast very, very soon. So I'm really excited. I want to pr- just thank you guys for what you do. I mean, it's really, really cool what you guys put out. Oh, uh, well, thanks. It's a real joy. It's a pleasure to be on the, the team. It's awesome. All right. And so I want to talk about the next really cool thing that you guys, you know, um, that actually both you and Ryan do. Uh, and that's being a part of the Triple Tree Aerodrome. You know, this is something that I came across last year, um, you know, as I was perusing Instagram, really. Uh, and I did not know this little airport existed. Actually, I don't want to say it's little because it's pretty big. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Tell us about this amazing, you know, journey that you're on right now with the Triple Tree Aerodrome. Absolutely. Um, so, I am currently the communications coordinator for triple, the Triple Tree Aerodrome. Triple Tree is a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, that is located in Woodger, South Carolina. We specialize in putting on a variety of aviation events throughout the year. We cater to the full scale, so like, you know, your general aviation airplanes. And then we also cater to the RC side of things. So uh, the radio control side as well. Um, So we have a 7,000 foot grass runway. I mean, it is literally, I I tell people that have never been that it's like the Augusta National I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. We have a, we have a river that runs to the property, a huge lake that seaplanes can an immaculate looking hangar Um, we have a tf-51 so a p-51 mustang uh two steermans a spartan executive an air cam a piper cub um, and a variety of other aircraft that belong to the 501c3 and basically our main goal with all that is to just show people the um the history of aviation as well so you know from warbirds to piper cubs i mean it's it's really cool to see people that have never really gotten into aviation to look at the the differing you know the history with it it's super it's super um fun to see um then we also have our ACE program, which stands for Aviation Centered Education. And basically, we show kids how to fly remote control airplanes. And we have the hopes of one day getting those kids out there um, in a full scale airplane and they'll eventually solo that. So that's kind of like, I don't know, a super long explanation of like what we do at Triple Tree. Yeah. Um, but basically our mission is to ignite and expand the passion for aviation. And I love that. And something else that I love that you pretty much never see at grass airstrips is you guys have a control tower. Yes. I love it. And it's, it's like, it's become an iconic piece of this little airport is everybody talks about the control tower. 
<laughs> it's a it's a funny thing that control tower um, was actually used in World War II at the Donaldson. I might be saying this wrong. The Donaldson base in South Carolina in the Upstate, and um, Pat Hartness, our owner, along with a whole bunch of volunteers, bought that control tower for a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Oh my and, lord! And they went out and they literally chopped the thing into four pieces, got it on a tractor trailer, and reassembled it out at Triple Tree. That's a, and it looks. I mean, they did and they refurbished it too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, we everybody's up there throughout the events. It's in great shape. It's it's so cool. It's definitely a focal point of Triple Tree. I mean, I, I and it's crazy. And thank God for it, right? Because I mean, yeah. you guys and, and we can jump right into it. Um, but you guys had an amazing event held there last week, and you guys, I mean, you had so many aircraft trying to come in to the uh, to the airstrip that I mean. The control tower was super important. Yeah, it was a huge help. And it was so funny. I was talking to the controllers after the event started winding down. And uh, one of our volunteers asked our head controller, he was like, what would y'all do if we didn't go out and buy this thing for a hundred bucks and bring it out here? And the controller was like, we wouldn't do this. He's like, it's crazy. It's a major safety hazard. Yep. He's like, did you not just see the eight airplanes that I had on final and we had everybody circling above the field? Our controllers do an amazing job and they're all great volunteers, but they had their hands full this past weekend when we had about 20 to 25 airplanes decide to come in at once. Um and, and so yeah, it, it got hectic. <laughs> and you know, it got hectic and, and everything. And but I mean, safety of course was the utmost important. But they Absolutely. had so much fun with it. I mean, all yeah, all you had do. to do was kind of follow along with some of the hashtags that were going on. And <laughs> I think I don't remember who it is. Someone was up there uh, in the tower, and I saw a video, and they were just having fun with it. Oh you yeah, know, absolutely. They weren't being, you know, they weren't being the regular, you know, uh, you know, ATC. They were just having a lot of fun with it, which is kind of cool because I bet, you know, trying to handle all those aircraft, even for pilots, it could probably get a little stressful. Uh, but the fact that they were having so much fun with it and just, you know, being calm and collective and fun probably made it so much more enjoyable for everybody else. Oh, absolutely. At one point, I think one of the control ta- the controllers, he uh, was telling this cub that he needed to start acting like a fighter pilot to catch up with a baron <laughs> or to beat a baron or something. No, it's a great it's a great time up in the control. Um, uh, and she was recording up there with me. Um, but yeah, it's a great time. And we're just so thankful for those controllers. And, you know, they give they seriously give their vacation time away to come to come be with us. So, so, when, did, so when did Triple Tree open? Like so, tri- yeah. So Triple Tree, the property that it is at today in Woodruff, um, it was purchased in the early 1990s and it became a 501c3 in 2008. So Triple Tree will be around forever um, because it is um, – we and um, everything is taken um, into consideration for when, um, unfortunately, when Mr. Hartness dies. Um, so he has put that plan in place to guarantee the future of Triple Tree to make sure that nobody takes that gorgeous piece of property and, you know, 
puts a neighborhood right there. That That's pretty, I mean, that's really, really cool that, I mean, to be able to preserve, because I mean, there's, there's history growing in the field, but to be able to preserve that for generations, I mean, it's going to be super important to, I mean, say like our kids, kids kind of thing. Absolutely. And that's, um, you know, when I was hired with Triple Tree and when Ryan and I started that, uh, the fly in that I'm sure we'll get to here shortly, um, Pat sat us down and he's like, look, he said, it is y'all's job to ensure that this place is here for generations to come. And that's a lot of the reason why we're there. And that's, I mean, it's, it comes together, right? Like why a lot of, you know, why us young aviators are doing what we're doing today is to continue to preserve because I mean, let's be honest, right? Like there's a lot of older generation folks in the aviation world. I mean, you see it across all the commercial jobs. Uh, I mean, you just see it in the organizations you're a part of. There's been so many people that have put so much time and effort, uh, love and years into it that, you know, it's, it's just time for them to move on. And unfortunately it's us youngsters, you know, that need to take the rein and kind of take the torch and move this great industry forward. Exactly. You know, and they've they've paved the path and we're just we're just going to ensure that it um, that it carries on for many years to come. So let's talk about all the amazing, you know, some of that other amazing programming that you guys are doing. Um, you know, you just had the chili. The, correct me if I'm wrong. It was the chili chili flying. Yes. So it's the fun. chili chili <laughs> flying. Yeah. It, I mean, it's chili outside and we serve chili. So <laughs> That's how it comes um, together. But yeah, so like I said, we have full scale, so general aviation events, and then we have RC events, so the radio control. Um, So we just had the Chili Chili um, last weekend. Our next event coming up is the Joe Nall, and the Joe Nall week is basically RC Oshkosh. People come from all over the world to, you know, Triple Tree in Podunk, South Carolina. <laughs> and we get about, I think it's close to 18,000 people come in for this week long event. 18,000. 18,000 people wow. um, come to Triple Tree and they have the biggest party you could ever imagine. I mean, just for it RC is, aircraft. Just for RC airplanes. So if you have a 172 and you want to come to Joe Nall, Nope, you got to go to a different airport and take an Uber in. You know, we close the field down and it is strictly for remote control airplanes. And are these like the full scale? Like, I, I, you know, I know the small model. Are we talking, you know, some of those bigger, you know, the ones that put jet engines on? Yes. So the $30,000 jet RC airplanes. I mean, it is crazy to watch these guys. They're super talented. Um, and it's just, I can't do it to save my life, but, (laughs) but it is so fun to watch. So definitely like if you are slightly interested in, um, this other side of aviation, uh, it's a great event to come out to and you'll never see anything like it ever. Um, so you you guys, so that's coming up, you know, for the rest of the year, uh, you know, maybe for people that are listening out on the, the East Coast that they're like, man, I, this really sounds cool. What is this triple tree thing? I'm going to go check it out. You know, so you got the RC thing for the rest of the year. Kind of what's the layout of the programming and events that you guys have coming up? Right. So after Joe Nall, which is in May, uh, we have the Young Aviators Flying and the Young Aviators Flying happen in June. 
and that event is put on by Ryan and I. And you we said started and, and you said June. Sorry, you cut out there yeah. for a second. Okay. Yeah, June. So this year it's going to be June twenty first through the twenty cool. third. And um, after that, we have um, the full scale fly in. So that's called the Triple Tree Fly In event. It's a week long, September 2nd through the 9th. And um, it's another just great party. It's a lot different than Sun and Fun or Oshkosh um, because it's really just a laid back time where you can go around and say hey to all your buddies and, you know, have a beer under the wing of your airplane and just. Talk to everybody and just enjoy some Southern hospitality. Um, and it's just, and it's, it, it's like more, a more intimate time. It is. You know, it's not like Oshkosh that it's thousands of planes. Right. And it's, I mean, it's just one giant event or Sun and Fun that, you know, it's it, it, Sun and Fun, you know, it, it has its own thing. You know, it's a very intimate, right. I mean, being out there in the middle of pretty much nowhere. Yes. Uh, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, it's a super great time, very intimate, um, and you can really just do whatever you please. You can go out and fish, you can kayak, you canoe. Um, it's a great time. Um, so that's the main main general aviation event that we have. And then after that event, um, we have another event in September for the RC side of things. And then we have another RC event in October to close the season out and that is the heli extravaganza so that is strictly for remote control helicopters that event is crazy like i have never seen helicopters do any sort of like crazy stuff like this it's just super cool to come out and watch i mean and you know i knew about rc aviation planes you know just the fixed wing stuff you know even with jets right but i mean literally even like you know, I work for Bell and people are making replica aircraft of our commercial aircraft that we make, you know, with jet turbines on them. And they're oh, making yeah. full, almost full scale RC plane, uh, helicopters it, out of these things. I mean, it's crazy. It, it is crazy. And there's so much time and money that goes into it. And it's just, it's a cool thing to watch, but I just cannot get myself to go out there and spend $30,000 on something that I could very well crash. Yeah, like $30,000 like could just be gone like poof. Oh like yeah. In a split yeah. Second. Absolutely. And I just I can't bring myself to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, before we wrap up the triple tree thing, you know, I, I there's one more thing that you said has just started and, and it's a really cool program and I want you to fit that in there. Um, tell us about uh, the new uh, program and organization that you're going to be a part of. Yeah, so I'm super excited to announce the Liberty Foundation tour this year um, as their tour coordinator. The Liberty Foundation is a 501c3 that their mission is to preserve and protect history as well as to honor and educate um, Americans on the sacrifice that veterans gave back in you know World War II, Korea, Vietnam. Um, so I'm very excited to be a part of this team and um, especially the B. 
well as the P51. I think we're going to be hitting up about 40 different cities all around the country this year. Um, so you can go online and our tour schedule isn't announced yet because um, the B-17 is going under some maintenance right now. But once um, it gets out of maintenance, we'll release the schedule on our Facebook and our website. And now I just set up an Instagram for us. Um, and that's the at Liberty B-17. Um, so yeah, super excited about that. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. And where can people follow Triple Tree out there yeah. on social media? Yeah. So we have an Instagram at Triple Tree Arrow. And then our Facebook is also at Triple Tree Arrow. Um, and then we have a Twitter too. Uh, we don't have... <laughs> so if you guys want to help me out, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> and that is also at Triple Tree Arrow. Awesome. Well, for the sake of time, since we're kind of um, running running a, a little long here, we're going to jump into, um, you know, just some, some final live questions because I really, I can't miss the ending of the podcast where we get into the lightning round questions, which yeah. I do every podcast and it brings out the fun uh in the episodes but i just want to ask a few you know very general personal questions that i love getting the people's uh you know my guess input um on that so what is what is your ultimate dream uh in aviation you know like if you could look forward say like 10 years where would you like to be in your aviation journey Oh, goodness. So 10 years from now, I'll be 29. So I would love to be flying for a living, um, as well as using my um, mass communications degree as well. So I always tell people my two passions are people and planes. So if I can find a way to merge the two together, um, that's the ultimate dream. Um, perhaps a sales director for Cessna or Cirrus or even uh, the Quest Kodiak. That would be awesome. But uh, just mainly to uh, fly and to use my communications degree. And with that, you know, continuing on that journey, you know, what are some of the most important values that you believe in and kind of take with you now on a daily basis and all these things that you're doing across the aviation space? Yeah. Um, I guess one of the top things that I tell myself is to never do anything and excuse my French here, half ass. You know, you have to give it 100 percent in everything that you do, um, no matter what that might be. Kind of, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, hard work and uh, dedication and commitment to getting the job done. Um, so just going full speed ahead with anything in life and just never settling for anything less than what you want. Mm -hmm. And so kind of going like that, right? Like what can, you know, just like you did it, you've accomplished your private pilot's license. You know, you're, you're being a part of all these great organizations. You know, what can women just like you do if they have dreams to be in the aviation space? You know, what would be the tip that you would give, you know, to a younger, you know, a younger girl at one of these events as part of, say, the flyby crew or at Triple mm -hmm. Tree? You know, what would be that advice if they have those same dreams, too? Yeah, um, great question. So a lot of people ask me that. They always say, you know, what would you tell what would you say to a girl or what would you say to you know, a woman who wants to pursue, um, a career in aviation. And I really, I, I mean, this is just from my personal experience. I don't think being a girl in this industry 
has really affected me one way or the other. I mean, exactly. I really, I really don't feel like, you know, just cause I wear a bra doesn't mean anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just feel like go for it. If it's what you want to do, you're going to find a way to make it happen. And, you know, and I'm definitely here to help along the way if you need me. And I would love to give advice and just say, you know, do it. If it's really what you want, it's going to be the greatest adventure of your life. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done. It was to get involved in aviation. And literally, I, I, I think that would go for anybody who's gone through, you know, starting at zero to where they are now. I, I don't think I've ever met one person in this interview I mean, that says, I regret it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You broke out there for, for a few seconds, but yeah, I mean, it's been the greatest decision of my life and I wouldn't take back anything for it. So what are some maybe roadblocks that, you know, maybe some of these younger generation aviators coming through, you know, as we gain experience, what have you seen so far as experiences um, that maybe there's some roadblocks that people need to watch out for kind of as they're, as they make their way uh, up the industry? Yeah. Um, another great question. Um, really finances are a big one. I feel like, um, I mean, that's like the biggest one. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. It is. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. Um, because it was sugarcoated to me back when I started and you know, I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. (laughs) Um, but there's so many different ways to, um, get out there and fly. There's so many scholarships and, you know, aside from scholarships, there's tons and tons of individuals out there who really want to give back and Mm -hmm. want to help the next generation, um, you know, maybe pursue a career in flight. And I was fortunate enough to find one of those individuals. Um, and you know, she helped me finish up my private, um, so yeah, just get at getting out there and networking. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what they, you know, this sounds kind of like bad to say it, but you never know who might be able to help you out like along the way. And it's, it's, it's crazy because I've talked about it in recent episodes that, I mean, you just have to build connections. You have to stick your neck out there. You have to right. meet people. Because you never know tomorrow you might meet somebody who owns a plane and who flies all the time and maybe who doesn't like flying alone. And they literally just offered you a discovery flight, maybe free of charge, you know, right? Like (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I owe it to Ryan's family. I mean, they've dragged me along on so many of these crazy adventures that I never would have been able to afford, you know, myself. But it's just all about you know, you never know who you're going to meet and what experiences they might have ready for you. Yeah. So kind of, and kind of going along with that, what are some of the resources out there that maybe you've, that you've used or you've experienced or you see, and you believe that are good, um, that young kids can take advantage of if they have a passion and they have a, uh, you know, dreams, uh, to be either pilots or, you know, regardless, just in aviation. Yeah. So first and foremost is the Young Eagles program. If, you know, I find somebody and they're like, oh, we just really want to see like what's it about. And if I like it, I automatically refer them to the nearest local EAA chapter. And I'm like, get out there and go for a ride. Um, So that's first and foremost. After that, it's really 
um, seeing if there's any local youth aviation programs that might be able to help them out as well. You know, um, the only reason I was able to afford getting a private pilot's license was because I literally worked for it in that youth program. So, and there's tons of programs like that around the country. It's just, you got to dig for it a little bit. Um, and after that, you know, once, after you get your private and everything, and once you get net you connected with a whole bunch of people in the industry it gets a whole lot easier so much easier <laughs> yeah so like it's really those first few years of figuring it out but once you get after after you're done with that you know it gets a ton a lot better and you know like i've told people before you know it's not easy starting or beginning but yeah. once you've started and you start you know basically riding that train down I mean, it just gets easier and easier. You meet so many people and then you meet their friends and then those friends, you meet their friends and it's just, you keep, it's almost like a web that just keeps building. It is. Um, it really is. Building itself within the aviation community. So if you could send, you know, a message to yourself five years ago, you know, maybe <laughs> right before, you know, you started on this crazy journey. What would you tell the younger self, kind of maybe knowing what you know uh, through experiences now? Yeah, um, trust in yourself, believe in yourself, don't doubt yourself. Um, you know, when I first got into this industry, you know, I'm somebody that can't stand math, I hate it with a passion. And that's like know, one of my worst subjects ever. Yeah, yeah, and science, you know, I'm not much of a fan of either and I really let that get to me and I let other people get me down about that uh -huh. and really there's so many helpful people out there and you know once the math and aviation it's pretty straightforward there's always like a formula for it and everything um, so once you get the hang of it it's not bad at all but it, like we said it's just those first few baby steps so definitely just uh believe in yourself <laughs> and think it's it's crazy right because things get easier right like you have to learn all yeah. the basic old school stuff as you're you know making your way through uh you know your private but then it gets a lot easier when you end it because there's this thing called an efb and it's yep. great and it does every, yep. it does all the work for you and you can be on yeah. your phone your ipad everything <laughs> it's like backup 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 uh, yes. but no that that's pretty awesome and i mean just me being uh, still young and flying. I mean, I would tell myself the same thing. And I had a guest, you know, Eli, he was my first guest. And he said, mm -hmm. he said this one thing, he goes, you know, he goes, haters are real. It's going to happen. You know, there's oh, going to yeah. be, there's going to be people doubting you. Uh, he goes, but you can't listen. You got to push through it. You just got to do you. This is your passion. This is your dream. You just got to keep going with it. Exactly. Um, and I mean, I think you just summed it, summed it up right there. <laughs> so it's time now for the best part of the podcast, in my opinion. Um, we're going to jump into the lightning round questions. I mean, we we just talked about Triple Tree. You know, we talked about what you're going to do now with Liberty. You know, the AOPA flyby crew. We learned all about kind of where you started from, you know, how you got into aviation and where you are um, now. But now we're going to jump into the fun questions and hopefully have uh, a little bit of laugh or two because, <laughs> trust me, they, they, these questions have brought some good laughs uh, with my guests on previous podcasts. So are you up for it? Oh, I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. And see, you have to you have to answer the question, whatever the answer is that's on the tip of your tongue. You can't think about it. It's got to just be like that. 
Okay, I'm nervous, but uh, I'm ready. <laughs> all right, question number one. And don't worry, I ask these questions for everybody. So okay. <laughs> trust me. All right, everyone in aviation has their own quirks. So on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? Oh, at least a seven. Thank at you. least. All right, I can firmly say, again, we're still on a winning streak. Everybody has been a seven or above on the podcast <laughs> so far. So I love it. That was the whole point of the question. I just wanted to prove how weird kind of us people are. Um, yeah. But I'm glad everybody's honest about it. I love it. All right. That's so funny. All right. Question number two. What's your favorite word? My favorite word is passion. Passion. Really? Yep. Passion. I, I think there's a lot to be said for it. Um, I think, you know, if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, you know, you're going to go through life and not be excited to wake up in the morning. Um, I, I, I love that. I think that that's like one of those words, I think, you know, as I was getting ready for 2019 and kind of just thinking about the year, that was one word that just stuck with me. I think passion should be just a word of 2019 for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been my favorite word probably since the 10th grade. And uh, yeah, I just I love it. All right. Now we're going to see what is your favorite food for question number three? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Anything <laughs> like red skin mashed potatoes, garlic mashed potatoes? Nope. nope. Yukon gold. Yukon oh, okay. gold. I'm going to get a lot of comments about this. There's a whole big backstory about me and uh, potatoes, but, uh, you know, I'll save that for another time. <laughs> I love red skin garlic mashed potatoes. Those are about mm, the only potatoes. Good. Actually, I take that back. You know who has the best? Outback Steakhouse. Really? I, I have not really, had Outback in forever. Yeah, I literally, I think it was the last time I had it was when I was 12, and I had it last <laughs> year. It was, it was really good. All right. Question number four. What sound or noise do you love? The Aeroshell team. Really? Yep. Is it just because of those radial engines that they have? The, the T6s. Yeah. I, I don't know. I get goosebumps. Um, so either the aerosol team or the sound of about, you know, like two or three P51s. That's cool. All right. Question number five. What is the most important thing you carry with you on every flight? Oh, my iPhone. Really? Yeah. Just as a backup for everything? Well, you know, I like to have it. I actually don't have ForeFlight on it right now because um, I use Ryan's stuff mainly. But, I mean, social – and it's kind of crazy to say this, but, like, social media is such, like, a big part of my life. Oh, yeah. I love to document. I love to take pictures. I love to take, you know um, – yeah. So it's just my phone for pictures and, um, you know, weather and METARs and all that kind of fun stuff. And I, I, I truly believe that social media is going to play a bigger part just in the aviation space. So documenting everything. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, that's how everybody's just going to start connecting and really pushing the industry forward. So, no, that's that's really good as well and pretty important. So question number six, what profession other than being in aviation, you know, would you like to attempt if you had the opportunity? Um. When I was younger, I always thought it'd be cool to be a wildlife biologist. Okay. Um, but I said earlier that I'm not a huge science fan. Um, but aside from all the sciencey parts, I love animals. <laughs> so I think that would be a really cool job to attempt, even though I'd probably fail at it miserably. <laughs> awesome. All right. Question number seven. What are you not very good at? Math. Me too. I'm probably really bad at science too, but it's 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 really it's a really simple answer. So that's why I was like, yeah, I'm bad at math. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we're still flying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Question number eight. What is your ultimate dream in life? Uh, to be happy. Just simple like that? Just I want to be happy with everything in life, content. Um, you know, it doesn't take much and I just want to be happy with everything. And it's just like you said in the earlier question, if you're following your path, I mean, that's just literally how you stay happy is, you know, it's like exactly. happiness. Exactly. All right. Question number nine. What is your biggest pet peeve in aviation? Um, when people are about to enter the pattern, so like the traffic pattern and they call up and they say, Falcon traffic is anybody in the pattern? <laughs> And I, I just, I don't know why it just drives me up a wall. I'm like, you hear people talking, of course, somebody's in the pattern and then they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll ask, Oh, what, what runway are you using today? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Like if somebody on the pod does it, but it just drives me up a wall. I'm yeah, like, why is that? Lazy, there's just lazy pilots sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. Question number 10. If you could fly anything, what would you fly? Um, a super cub on floats. Really? Like backcountry yeah. type thing? Yeah. That's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I hope to do it someday. <laughs> if I could do it, it'd probably be, some, I don't know, maybe like Washington or Alaska. Oh, yeah, totally Alaska. Alaska or Maine, actually. You know, I've never thought about Maine. That's an interesting one. It's gorgeous. It, it, I would love to do it up there. All right, so that's the 10th question. So that wraps up the lightning round. Like I said, it was going to bring out some laughs. Um, but no, I, I literally love the answers that all the guests have because it just kind it just brings their personality out. Um, and that's just who we are as aviators. We're weird. We're crazy. We got crazy loves. But we also have some crazy pet peeves too. Uh, Amen. Because we are human. So we're going to jump into the final questions now. And kind of how I like to do the final question is I'm going to ask you a question. Um, okay. You're prepared for it. But then for the second question is your opportunity to ask the host, and everybody does it, so you're going to ask me a question. But this one okay. I'm not prepared on. Um, right. So that's kind of what uh, why I like this section of the podcast, because you're prepared, but I'm not. So okay. for your question, I want to know, what do you want, you know, because I always think to myself, when I'm 90 years old, what do I want people to remember me as? So yeah. when you get older, what do you want people to remember you as? That's a deep one. Um, I really want to be remembered as somebody that anybody could come to for anything. So I might have said that wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, when times get tough, I want people, my friends, whoever, to be able to come to me and talk to me about anything. I want to be supportive, uh, for them. I want to be a good friend. I just want to be someone that, um, um, has anyone's back at any time. You know, I just want to be approachable yeah, and be like a, just a, you know, an important support tool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. And especially like the aviation business that we're in today. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's just like one thing can happen to somebody and I mean, it could totally knock them off. Absolutely. You, know? you just need to be there to support them. Yeah, um, for sure. So I really like that. All right. So now it's your turn. And I always love this. I love the questions that I get answered or I get asked. So I'm really intrigued. What question do you have for me, the host? What is the hardest part about what you do 
at Bell. Oh. Okay, so the question was, what is the hardest part of this, basically the stuff that I do at Bell? Yeah, so you're like all about like you do the marketing and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, so it's a lot of marketing and business development. I've been very fortunate okay. to do this all across the world. I've done it in um, the Asia Pacific. I've done it in Europe. Um, I've done it here in North America. And now I'm back kind of onto a global role. Um, okay. I'm doing a lot of work with our brand new aircraft going through flight testing right now. It's called the Bell 525. Um, it's going to be the first fly-by-wire helicopter. Wow. Um, which is going to be huge for the industry. I mean, so huge that when we were first starting flight testing, the FAA did not know how to certify this aircraft mm. because fly-by-wire's never been done on a helicopter before. Wow. Um, so that is trying to market that to the world is pretty yeah. interesting. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see how that goes uh, in the next year as we approach um, our certification. Um but the hardest, you know, the hardest thing about working for any large OEM is mm-hmm. building relationships. Um, it's just, you know, it's funny. It's it's just like any part of the aviation world. Relationships are huge. Right. Um, and if you, I mean, if you're not building those important relationships, whether that be inside the business or inside the industry, um, you're really kind of setting yourself back um, and you're not going to be able to. I say win, but get to where you want to go. Yeah. Um, because you're going to have to help a lot of people. You're going to have to do a lot of work that you don't want to do. Um, but it's all in the end game of helping people and building connections. So I would say, I mean, it, Bell's a very, very large company. Um, mm-hmm. Just like Airbus is a very large company. Cessna is yeah. a massive co- uh, company. And I would probably have to say that, you know, building relationships and dealing with um, kind of the corporate politics, mm-hmm. being able to learn how do you master that, um, and how do yeah. you how do you stick to your values while still kind of mastering corporate culture? Um, oh yeah, I, I would say that's probably the hardest the hardest part. Um, you know, and it's tough because Bell has two sides of the business. We have our military side and we have a commercial side. They're basically ran as two separate businesses. Um, but now they're starting to kind of toy with each other and um, kind of intermix with each other because of a lot of the missions around the world are dealing pretty much with both sides of the business. So wow. learning how to interact with multiple people across the business, build relationships um, in order to not only to help your own career, uh, but to get the job done that you're getting paid to do, um, I would probably mm-hmm. say is the toughest part. You know, I'm sure people expect, oh, you know, like, how do you find customers or something? Or like, how do you close deals? You know, it's funny because like meeting customers and everything, that's actually kind of it's it's kind of an easy part. You know, there's not right. a lot of OEMs out there in the world. Um so that's actually not the hard part, um, but it's the internal stuff. I would say is the hardest part. If you can master that, you can pretty much, in my opinion, work for any OEM. Wow, so. I just I love that answer. That was such a great answer. I yeah. was not expecting that. So props to you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? Like you could, um, like I know you're you're very good friend. Uh, like I know you know uh, Mindy over at Textron Aviation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever met maybe. Uh, What's her name? I want to say it's like Sarah Mara. Sarah Mara Contour. Yeah, yeah, I know Um, her. Yeah, so they're over on the Textron Aviation side, over on their uh, sales directors out on the East Coast uh, where you live. Um, But I'm sure, like, I mean, Textron Aviation is, they're larger than Bella's, 
but I, I'm pretty positive in knowing that they're probably going to say the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I've actually kind of heard Mindy like touch on it briefly, kind of the same thing. So uh-huh. that's really interesting. And, and it's crazy because every region is ran so differently because it has their own personality. Mm-hmm. The business and the stuff that I do for North America is, you know, it, it's a complete 180 from what the teams out in Asia need. Um, right. So it's like, how do you how do you mix that together? I mean, it's really important in order to master that. So, yeah. So that's a really good question. I've actually never really had that um, asked me before. So thank you for asking that question. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, <laughs> but no, this podcast has been awesome. I mean, we've learned so much about you. We've learned so much uh, about the things that you just enjoy doing uh, and how you got into the aviation space. So we're going to wrap the podcast up by one last question. Uh, and this is a question that you're going to be able to ask kind of what I consider my small but growing audience. You know, over the weekend I hit kind of a cool little milestone. Um, it wasn't big, but, you know, it's growing and I love it. Um, so what is the question that you would like to ask my small but growing audience? Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> um, well, if there's... I don't know. Let me think about Can I think about this for a few seconds? Yeah. <laughs> um, like it could be anything, right? Like some answers, uh, some questions before have been, you know, like uh, I think a guest asked, like, what is stopping you from doing the thing that you most enjoy? Um, I think one of the last ones was, um, you know, after listening to this podcast, you know, are you going to go take a discovery flight? I mean, it's like those yeah. types of you know, I'll, maybe okay. we'll call them action questions. I think you broke up a little bit. Are you there? Yeah, it's uh, action questions. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if there's, I don't like, if there's one thing that to get involved in aviation what would that be? How can I help somebody out there take that next step in aviation? So you want to know how you can help other people take that next step in aviation? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah, that, I, is that I, like, I like a, that? I like that question. No. And that's really, really important. Um, you know, especially to, you know, for you and the type of advocation that you're trying to do, you know, especially for, uh, for, you know, for younger females, how, like, I love how you guys are trying to help them. Um, and I think it's really important that they have a support tool. Um, you know, because there's, I mean, it's, it used to be called, you know, the old men, you know, the old men's club. Um, but you know, so there's a lot of us, but I thoroughly enjoy how, you know, there's more of you guys coming up and supporting each other. Um, so no, that, that's a perfect question for the podcast. Okay, I'm, I'm glad it worked. I had to think on that one for a few <laughs> seconds. It was deep. This has been a deep podcast. But yeah, that's and you know, it's funny because that's what everybody says. It's like, man, these are deep questions. But I, I just love the answers because, I mean, that's the content and that's the information I'm trying to pull out. Um, because if we can pull that out, you know, not just of the guests, but, you know, maybe the questions that the guests ask me, then we're, that's the whole point of the value that I'm trying to bring out to the audience. Um, and that's what I love. I, I really do love giving the audience that. So, well, you're doing a great job <laughs> at it. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm not a professional, but I'm trying. Um, but where can people continue, uh, you know, 
following you, following, uh, you know, your journey with Triple Tree, uh, with the AOPA flyby crew, uh, you know, with Liberty, where can people go out there on social media, uh, find you and start following you today? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram, um, at Kayla McLeod at C A Y L A and then M C L E O D. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook, Kayla McLeod, same spelling and everything. Um, Snapchat, C-A-Y-L-A-1127. I do post a lot on there about just the some of the funny behind-the-scenes stuff, like when Ryan and I go flying or triple tree stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty much where uh, anybody can find awesome. me. Awesome, and I'm so stoked to have Ryan soon on the podcast. I'm really, really intrigued because then I'm going <laughs> to learn all about how Falcon, uh, Falcon type rating was, and I'm really stoked oh, to hear yeah. about that. Yeah, I am too. So he just texted me something about it. So I, I'm excited to hear about how his how his day went. So yeah, I am super excited to um, hear his his stories with awesome. it too. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I, I love the podcast. I love the stories that I'm hearing. Um, and I also appreciate you coming on today, Kayla. Thank you for sharing your story. You know, thank you. Like you said, thank you for going deep, especially with things, you know, like losing your flight instructor. I mean, like that stuff is really, really hard, but I think it's really important. Um, the lessons that, you know, you learned uh, and that you shared with us today um, are really important for some of those people out there really trying to maybe make those next steps uh, into our industry and into what we love doing, which is flying. So thank you, Kayla, for joining uh, us today on the podcast. Um, I really, really do appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. I had a blast and, uh, yeah, just trying to find that next generation. So yeah, thanks so much. And, uh, hope to see y'all soon. Of course. And guys, remember, go follow Kayla out on social media. If you guys have any questions for her, I'm sure she'd be more than happy, uh, to answer any of you guys' questions. So go out there, oh, yeah. Reach <laughs> out. go out there on all the channels, uh, give her a follow, uh, and maybe strike up uh, a good conversation to help you move on to your next step, uh, in the aviation world. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. See ya.